Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You know, you may call me crazy, but if you play as hard as you can on any given play, I think any team in the league will win the game against whoever. It's unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show. It's unnecessary roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Got a lot to get to in this last hour of the show, last hour of the week. Then we'll make our way into the weekend. Hopefully everyone has a very safe and fun weekend and then enjoys the Raider victory on Sunday, 10 a.m. kickoff. You can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Also, if you're in the local area, make sure you come on by the M Resort in Henderson, the official team hotel, the Silver and Black. We'll be there having a watch party. JT the Brick is on, top, on that bird right now. He's flying to Nashville. He's going to do the pregame show from there. But Eric Allen will be on the scene at the M Resort. I'll be there on the scene as well, just kind of watching the game, just observing. So I'll probably get there, I don't know, maybe around 9, 9.30. Kickoff will be at 10 a.m. But then the postgame show I'll do live from the M Resort. So we'll make a day of it. Uh, again, come on out to the M and hang out with us. It should be a really good time. And only thing we need is you. And whenever we get together and have a bunch of Raider Nation in the building, we always have a hell of a time. So I definitely encourage you to come on by. Uh, we're going to hear from head coach Joshua Daniels, a few of the sound bites that he had uh, from earlier today when we met with him at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But before we do that, let's go out to Carson and talk to our good friend Carla. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Woo! I'm on the air, Raiders! Yes. I'm a, new, I'm a new fan. I love the team. But can we do something different, please? We need to come out and just kick some butt this Sunday because I need to win. I need to win. We deserve a win. We have a coach, a new coach. He needs to prove something to us. We're right behind them. But come on, give us some love, Raiders. We love you guys. Boom. There it is. Great stuff from Carla. Make that a promo, Damon. I'm just going to go ahead and say that on the air. Please make that a promo. That was good stuff. Carla, welcome to the show. Uh, please don't let that be your last call. That was great stuff. And I like that. I like that. Hey, the Raiders got off to an 0-2 start, and Carla's saying, hey, give me something different. Give me a W. We love the team. We love the coach. Give us a W. I can respect that. Good stuff, Carla. Definitely appreciate that call. Uh, short, sweet, to the point. And uh, she was happy to be on the air with us. And, hey, you're like the first person that's ever been happy to be on the air with us. So uh, congratulations. Uh, we do appreciate you. Uh, really, no, we do appreciate the call. Uh, now let's hear from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with us earlier today about 10 o'clock this morning. Then we got to observe practice for a few minutes, a little stretching and a couple one-on-one -on -one sessions, and then boom, uh, that was it for us until we got to the locker room. Again, you'll hear from Amik Robertson a little bit later on this hour. But the big the – big, the big factor that Tennessee has on their side, the big weapon that Tennessee has on their side that everyone knows about. We all know that how the offense gets rolling for the Tennessee Titans, and that's with Derrick Henry. So here's Joshua Daniels. He was asked earlier about the keys to stopping King Henry. Um, you know, it's a challenge every week um, in our league, and um, there's a lot of physical backs now, and, and there's a different style of run run game each week. You know, last week's run game was a little different than this week's relative to what we're going to see and how we're going to have to defend it. Um, I thought our guys have tried to, you know, play vertical into the defense and try to, you know, knock some of the line of scrimmage back. Um, you know, that's difficult to do on a play-to-play -play basis in this league because there's good linemen, good tight ends, good fullbacks uh, that are trying to, you know, to try to create openings for the backs too. So, um, it's a team thing, you know. Run defense is always going to be about the team, 
uh, fitting together, uh, playing your assignment, and being disciplined, um, along with being physical and tough. So uh, one man can make a mistake, and it could lead to a big play, you know. And so uh, there's a, you know, everybody's a key cog. You know, we talk about every being, everybody being at the point of attack, whether the run starts this way or that way, it could find its way back to you quickly. Uh, and if you're out of your gap or you're out of position, then you could have an issue. So. Um, just continuing to stress our, our fits and our fundamentals, uh, trying to play together and you know play off of one another, and that will be really important, obviously, on Sunday. There you go. Josh McDaniels talking about keys to stopping Derek Henry, and it's an it's a everybody job. It's not a one-person job. It's not one certain thing that you could do. It's an everybody job. Everyone's got to play their role. Everyone's got to know their assignment and stick to it. Uh, Derek Henry, as DeMond pointed out earlier in the show, has not gone off to a great start. He only has 107 yards so far on the young season. One – that scares me because I think that, okay, there's a, there's a chance that he's going to break out any time. Like, he's itching to break out. And, two, it also gives me a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of encouraging thoughts like, okay, if the Raiders can bottle him up early, maybe get on top of the team, get up on him 14, 20 points or whatever, similar to what they had on the Cardinals, then all of a sudden maybe you become one-dimensional and you make them throw the ball more often than, than being able to run the rock and maybe he's not able to get going. So, you know, there's, it's like a two-edged, two-edged sword, sword. Like, you look at it like, okay – at some point, he's going to break out because he's Derrick Henry. He's so freaking good. And then there's also a, well, you know, if they actually have some success early, maybe they'll have to go away from him, and he won't get as many carries as he got. I mean, similar, you saw what happened in, in Monday night's game against Buffalo. At some point, it's like, okay, he can run, but you ain't got no time. So they had to dis- make a decision, and, and Damon, you pointed out earlier, Derrick Henry was done just about by halftime on Monday. So... Third quarter, they made the announcement, Derrick Henry's gloves are off. We don't think he's going to be returning to the game. Right, exactly. And there was no reason for him to. There was, I mean, they, the Buffalo Bills, it got on their helmet and it was over, right? So it was, it was going to be a wrap. So, you know, he was asked, Josh McDaniels was asked about stacking the box because it sounds simple. Just load up the box, make Ryan Tannehill throw it, you know, around the yard and beat you. Well, here's uh, Josh McDaniels talking about stopping Henry. It's not just that simple as stacking the box. No, it is not. I wish it was. I wish it was. You could say, hey, put the safety down and then it'll be all, it'll be all good. Um, you know, first of all, they, you know, his success, he's a, he's a phenomenal football player. Uh, I think we all know that. But his success, uh, and, and every running back would tell you this, um, is a product of a lot of other people doing a good job at their job as well, you know, and a lot of times I think when runners get success, we kind of forget about the guys that are doing the dirty work in front of them. Um, and their line, their line plays really hard. Uh, they compete. They're physical. Um, they use a lot of different run schemes. It's not just one thing. Um, and so there's a lot of – they have misdirection. They have outside zone. They have inside zone. They have gap schemes. They toss the ball. They use, you know, missile motions uh, to try to, you know, get your eyes in the wrong spot. So it really wouldn't make any difference. I mean, if you're in a post-safety defense or a split-safety defense, there's an assignment that you have on defense. And to me, the assignment and taking care of your responsibility is the most important part of it, regardless of how many people you have down there. Um, and they all, and like I've said before, they get a vote too. Uh, there's different ways that they can attack you. They can put different personnel groupings out there. They can get small with a bunch of receivers. They can get big with a bunch of tight ends. So um, it really won't make any difference. We're going to have to play good run defense from whatever shell we're going to play it from, you know, and, and obviously you're going to mix it up a little bit, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've, they've run it well against however many, and nobody sees more loaded boxes than they do. Nobody. 
I like what he said, though, uh, and we're going to mix it up, hopefully. <laughs> so uh, maybe a little shot towards Patrick Graham, like, hey, mix up the scheme a little bit. Like, don't do the same thing over and over and over. I just And it's funny, I didn't catch it when he said it live when we heard it earlier. I just caught it right now as I was listening, and he said, uh, yeah, and no matter what shell we're, you know, we're trying to attack him from, and uh, hopefully we mix it up a little bit, and hopefully. <laughs> just, I thought that was pretty good, but no, I mean – Derrick Henry is, is Derrick Henry, and I will say the one thing that is playing in the Raiders' favor as far as Derrick Henry and not letting him get rolling is the fact that the offensive line is banged up. You know, I think that's going to be the key to the game is that – or the biggest key to the game is that the Titans' offensive line is so banged up. You know, we talk about the Raiders and their offensive line, the lack of continuity that they have. Well, the the Titans, they have just guys that really – they're, they haven't been there, done that. And the guys that have been there, done that, like the guy who came in and filled in for uh, Taylor Dewan on Monday, I mean, what, what did Nikki say? Nine pressures he gave up? I mean, if you're hearing nine pressures and you're Max Crosby, you're licking your chops like, okay, let's go. If you're Chandler Jones and you haven't got off yet, you're thinking, okay, let's go. So I think that that Titans offensive line is something that we definitely want to pay attention to as we watch this game on uh, on Sunday, because I do think that that's where the Raiders can can really thrive. And, and maybe, DeMond, this is a game where Chandler Jones actually gets off and gets home a little bit and start to hear his name called. Yeah, and something that I wanted to mention, like a little stat, because I know like this doesn't mean anything yet, but in the past five seasons, Derrick Henry has run for at least one plus 70-yard touchdown. So for the Raiders actually tackling him and even on that defensive line, getting home to Derrick Henry and not letting him break off for a big one because you yep. mentioned the offensive line, it could be sus. Yep. But if you don't wrap him up and he breaks for the big one, the That's offensive right. line won't matter that much. Oh, no, 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 because once he's rolling, he's rolling. You know, and if you see the back of his jersey, you might as well just call it a day, right? I mean, if you read Henry, it's a wrap. You know, all of a sudden Henry's going to look like O. Henry once he gets uh, uh, pretty far ahead of you. You know, I mean, he gets rolling, he gets rolling. So, yeah, uh, that's the one thing about that dude. He's a big dude, but he's also got some wheels, right? He's not just a big dude that's going to lumber up and down the field. This is a dude that's strong and he's fast and he's just a damn good running back. And, oh, by the way, I'm still a little salty that the Raiders had an opportunity to draft him, and instead they drafted Jahad Ward. Jahad Ward. Come on, Q, with your, with your stories, you guys would have the best team. Well, the Raiders would have the best team in the league if they drafted everybody that you wanted them to draft. I mean, not everybody, but still. I mean, Jahad Ward instead of Derrick Henry? Like, that's the gift that keeps on giving, right? I mean, who knows what would have been Derrick Henry, his career with the Raiders, because obviously they wouldn't have shelved him as long as Tennessee did. And I don't even know how Tennessee had the discipline to not use him as much as they, they did early in his career when they had, what, DeMarco Murray and him kind of spelling each other, which I thought was silly, but here they are, you know, all these years later, and Derrick Henry's still running instead of, uh, I'm sure the Raiders would have probably gave him the ball every down, uh, you know, every play or whatever. So I just couldn't believe it. I, I was sitting there. It was in Chicago. I'll never forget that draft. I was sitting there in the damn amphitheater, and I knew Derrick Henry was on the board and the Raiders were coming up. I was like, all right, here we go. Derrick Henry, let's get it. Derrick Henry, let's get it. It's going to be Derrick Henry. Everyone's looking at me. Everybody from my radio station is like, all right, Q, who's going to be the pick? I said, Derrick Henry, duh, it's a no-brainer. He's right there. Jahad Ward. I looked at them and said, who the hell is Jahad Ward? And where the hell did he come from? And then he was a guy from Illinois, and nobody cheered for him. And we were in Chicago. So I knew then that there was a problem with Jahad Ward. If nobody in Chicago gave this dude any kind of love when they drafted him, I knew that there was an issue. Somehow I think he's still in the league, but – He's not, you know, he's, he's not doing New York anything. Giants. Yeah, exactly. What's he doing there? A whole lot of nothing. Come on, man. He ain't Derrick Henry. <laughs> God. Oh, man. 
I don't know. Anyway, I got to get past that. Let me get back to some Josh McDaniel sounds real quick, and I just got a couple more for you. And this has to do with the Raiders and the offensive side of things. With Hunter Renfro uh, being out officially, we know that. Maybe Devontae Adams can go inside. I think you're going to see him in the slot. The thing about Devontae Adams, he can play multiple positions. He's a football player. He's a wide receiver. He can play just about anywhere. So uh, Josh McDaniels was asked about Devontae Adams moving from the outside to the inside and really just started talking about the scheme, not necessarily one position. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, you always try to build depth on your roster so that you can accommodate, you know, situations like this. Um, you know, Tay obviously uh, can move around the formation. Um, you know, we've seen Mac move around the formation too. Uh, Keelan is going to do the same thing. Um, you know, our tight ends are kind of versatile in that regard too. So um, we've tried to um, preach since we got here, let's learn the concept not one spot in the concept because these things are going to happen a lot. Um, same thing defensively, you know, um, linebackers, safeties, et cetera, could play different spots. And if you're just focusing on one small part of the call or the scheme, then when you have to get put into a different spot, it's almost like you have to relearn it all over again. And so from the beginning, we've kind of preached, let's learn the, the why and the whole concept, a big picture. Um, because this could happen in a game too, you know, or all of a sudden you practice it one way and then you have an injury or two and now all of a sudden you're shuffling it in the middle of the first or second quarter and you don't have time to have a week of practice and four meetings before you have to go back out there. So um, our, our guys have been great in terms of learning the big picture. And uh, if that is something that happens this week and, and he can't go, then, you know, we'll be able to accommodate that with some other bodies. There you go. There's uh, Josh McDaniels talking about uh, the, the slot position, and that was before it was official that Hunter Renfro was going to be out, but most likely it was already trending in that way since he's dealing with a concussion, and you know that you have to clear concussion protocol before you can be back in there and cleared to, for action. So no Hunter Renfro. That gives an opportunity for a guy like uh, Keelan Cole to maybe step up, gives an opportunity to maybe T. Billy get on the field, maybe Mac Hollins moves around the, the uh, formation like, like Josh McDaniels says, and I do believe Devontae Adams definitely – moves around the formation quite a bit on Sunday. Final soundbite that I want you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels is actually the question I asked him was just about the evolution of the offense. Is it where he envisioned at this point, you know, as he's trying to establish the identity of the offense for this Raider team? I think that the just the overall communication terminology and foundation, I, I, I have no issues with that. Um, our guys – it's a lot of that's the same, you know, from when we started in April. So um, what we will ultimately end up being or what we will ultimately end up finding the most success doing, um, I don't think we know what the answer to that is yet. We're trying to get good at everything, you know, which is what every team and staff, I think, is, you know, uh, uh, in trying to do and accomplish at this point in time of the year. Um, there's definitely room for improvement in each area. Um, and again, hopefully as we go, you know, those things will start to stand out to us more and more, you know, pretty good in this area, pretty good here. Maybe we need to do a little less of this, you know, it's not as productive. Um, but that's what we self scout for every week. That's what we try to keep in mind as we go forward and make decisions about the game plan. Um, you know, and, and hopefully, like I said, our best football is yet to come. So there's head coach Joshua Daniels, and clearly, no, the evolution of the offense is, is not where he envisioned it being at this point. I mean, I, I don't know if you caught that, DeMond, but it sounded like at the beginning he said, well, the communication is I'm pleased with. To me, that means that, no, the, 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 the execution. The communication, sure. Execution, not so much. And that's something that they've got to build on. 
and that's why they haven't put together a full four-quarter game yet. And that's, that's the biggest key, man. Like, you've got to play a full game, full four quarters. You've got to go out there from start to finish and bust it. Now, there's going to be moments where you have uh, a little bit of a lull or maybe you go on a, you know, uh, a drive or two that's not exactly executed the way you wanted to, but not a whole half. You can't start the game slow. You can't come out of the, the, the locker room sleepwalking to start the game, and you can't come out of the locker room sleepwalking in, in the second half. You just can't. I feel like that word has been used by the coaching staff all week. Execution, where it was, hey, Monday, Tuesday, what didn't you like? It's like, hey, the guys are out there playing hard. They're yep. just not executing. Yep. So I think that that's the word that for this coaching staff, the execution just isn't there. But, hey, the playbook is there because I th- think a lot of it has been like, hey, does Derek Carr, is he allowed to make his own reads at the, at the line of scrimmage? Like, does he have the, the authority to check out a plays? Yeah, I'm sure Derek has all of that. But are the players executing whatever the play is once it's called? Right, and, you know, Joshua Daniels said earlier, I think on Wednesday, he said this week that uh, Derek Carr checked out of a play and checked into something else, and, and they were happy because they said, okay, he gets it. That's what we're looking for. He did exactly – so, yeah, he does have uh, the, uh, the ability to check out. Now, there's always a play or two or a couple plays that are called, and so he's going to have the ability to, you know, do what he has to do. But head coach Joshua Daniels talked about it earlier this week about the fact that Derek had seen something and checked into something else, and then they, they were pretty happy because they understood that uh, he knew what he was looking at and that he understood what they wanted from him. So that, that was a, a good thing. Now, I'm glad you brought up that execution word, and it's something that we have heard a lot. I said this on Q's kickoff on the pregame pregame show on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, which, by the way, wasn't a very good show. That was my fault. But, uh, you know, that was one of the biggest keys that I had to the game was the execution has to be a lot better. It just has to be. It just it cannot be what it was week one where they failed to execute. And, look, they came out of the locker room to start the game. Execution was on point. So I was like, boom, there it is, on point. The problem is they couldn't sustain that to the second half. So – Yeah, you're right. The execution is exactly what it's all about. They've got to find a way to execute and and, and do what the coaches want them to do uh, and run the offense like the offense is designed to run, and defensively as well. I don't want to make it sound like the defense uh, doesn't have any responsibilities. They do. I just think on Sunday against the Cardinals, the defense gave them a chance to win. They just, uh, you know, couldn't put it away. They couldn't, as we've been talking about all week, step on the neck. So that's why I didn't put as much blame on the defense as I did the offense because it was just, like I said, you score 7 to 10 points in the second half, uh, the game's over. It's not even close. So uh, good stuff right there from head coach Josh McDaniels. 419 at the time. We'll come back. We'll hear from Amik Robertson in the Raiders locker room. I got a chance to catch up with him. Plus Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll join us around 430-ish to uh, talk about the, sp- the, the money lines, talk about how you can win some money this weekend on some college games and also some NFL games, including the Raiders and Titans. We'll close things out like that. That's how we do it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Salmon Ash text line, wide open like some old school TV antennas at 69187, keyword R&R, talking about keys of the game for Sunday. Talk about players that we'll be talking about who we think we may be talking about come Monday. Got a text from Black Hole Jr. from the Bay. Out here in Nashville, Raider Nation, it's going to be a takeover down here in Nashville. Raider Nation is out. We ready to be loud and proud and kick some Titan behind. Raiders. That's Black Hole Jr. from the Bay. Damon, he's outside. <laughs> Damon didn't think that was as funny as I did. I thought I was, no, I thought was- I was the cool kid for saying that. <laughs> you did? Oh, no, the way you said it, I was like, did he include it like that in the text? No. 
No, I was just I was just going off of what my uh, my cousin Jesse would say on Twitter. I'm outside. Hey, man, it's it's fun being outside. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's fun being outside. Yeah, apparently we outside again. So there you go. So. Uh, we are not going to be outside on Sunday. We're going to be inside. We'll be inside the M Resort, and we'll be uh, hanging out watching the game Sunday morning, 10 a.m. kickoff. So you can come by and check it out. Pre-game show starts bright and early, 8 o'clock. Eric Allen will be at the M Resort. I'll be there for the uh, the game and the post-game show as well. So uh, come on out and hang out with us and watch the game. Robin Oakland said, I think we need to build an early substantial lead to get them out of their running game. I'm worried they'll wear us down the middle to late third quarter if they can feed Henry in a close game. I also don't, I also don't think we can win this road game unless we score 30-plus points. There you go. Robin Oakland always bringing the heat, looking for a 30-point performance from the Raiders, or else he doesn't think they could win the game. So I don't know if the Tennessee Titans are going to score that many points, but look, they're an 0-2 team. And those are the, always the scary teams, man. Teams that haven't won are the ones that are really backed up against the corner and backed up against the wall, and they have to win, right? They feel like that they're so desperate that they have to win. One more quick text. Vegas Pete said Reggie was much worse at drafting than Gruden and Mayock talking about Reggie McKenzie right there, and that's going back to my complaints about Jihad Warden. Reggie had one really good draft. One really good draft. He got Khalil Mack. He got Derek Carr. He got uh, Gabe Jackson. I got Latavius Murray later in the draft. I mean, he, he had one draft where he really hit. That made him the, the uh, GM of the year, and then that was really it. And, I mean, he had other guys that were good picks but not not great. And missing on uh, on Derek Henry and getting Jihad Ward was – I mean, there and there was plenty. I don't want to go through his history of drafting because – uh, we all know that no no GM is 100%. No no talent evaluator gets everything right. And, hell, if they listen to us half the time, then they have a, a, a roster full of terrible players. So I know I've had my selection of, of bad picks or guys that I thought were going to be really good. I used to think Obi Mellonfonwood was going to be good. Now I think he's just going to be Bigfoot. I know he's going to be Bigfoot. Matter of fact, who else is another guy? Uh, Shalit Calhoun. I thought he was going to be good. He was terrible. Uh, who else did I? There's so many players that I thought the, that were going to be good, and they just weren't. Like we convinced ourselves that uh, because uh, our favorite team picked them, they're going to be good. Remember, uh, uh, Shalom Luwani is that his name? Shalom Luwani. Uh, I thought he was going to be good. My buddy James Arcelana, uh, the Black Hole Banter. Me and him started the podcast together. That was my first podcast I did. For some reason, we thought Shalom Luwani was going to be good, and he wasn't. He ended up going to Seattle, and I know he didn't do anything there either. Um, Jerron Kreiner, remember that wide receiver, Jerron Kreiner? I thought he was going to be good because he was such a big body, and he wasn't. Oh, man, Jerron Kreiner has so much upside. Yeah, no, he didn't. Hell, I thought, I thought, um, uh, what's his name, Damon? He was drafted right after Lynn Bowden Jr. Brian Edwards, I thought Brian Edwards was going to be good. Nope, not so much. Anyway, I can go down the laundry list of players that I thought was going to be good that weren't worth the salt. Uh, one guy that Raider Nation has been waiting to break out for a while is Amik Robertson, cornerback. He had his first interception last last week. Uh, it was a hell of a play. Uh, he's been working his tail off just to, to stay on the team. I thought, again, me being wrong, thought he wasn't even going to make the squad. I thought that last preseason game against the Patriots was going to be his final game in the silver and black. Instead, he had a really good preseason game, and uh, he made the squad, and he's been doing – Pretty good through two weeks, I think, and uh, he could have a big game this upcoming week, but I got a chance to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room following practice. Here's that conversation. Here at Raiders cornerback, Meek Robertson, and Meek, you guys are about to take off to head to Nashville. What's what's just the feeling? What's been the vibe around the team this week? Uh, focus, very focused, you know, just trying to regroup, get back to focus, you know, continue working on, the, working on little little things in order to get our, get our first, first victory. 
How you feel like it's been a little bit more intense this week as far as practice goes? Uh, yeah, but no, you know, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it's a game. You know, we ain't got to think too much on it. You know, we got to think too much of, of course, the coaches and the players are, you know, our leaders are kind of, you know, uh, cracking down on kind of like us focusing, like I said before, the little little things in order for us to take that next step because the last last week game was very close. It came down to the, to the wire, and those little things kind of, you know, force us to get the uh, the the uh, loss. So, you know, we're trying to focus on the little little things, all us, in order for us to get over that uh, hump. You know, they say the game comes down to you know two, three, four plays at the most. You know, and, and so the little things. So, were you guys able to notice that and feel like you were able to correct it at least in practice, so you have a better understanding? Definitely, definitely. And that's that's all we want to do this week. You know, just try to you know take that next that next step, and that's that's what we focus on. You know, into going into Tennessee week. You got a pick last week. Does that help you? I mean, you always have confidence, but does that even help you more with your confidence going forward? Oh, I think probably getting my hands on the ball. Yeah. But that comes with getting, you know, just doing your job, man. Listening to your coaches, doing your job, you know, uh, believing in your teammates, you know, just been been at the right spot at the at the right time. So, I mean, it was a it was a great experience. But man, at the end of the day, we want the. Uh, of course, I want more opportunities <laughs> like that, but I also want I also like like stacking up wins too. No doubt about it. Of course, that's that's the ultimate goal is to get those W's. How do you feel this team is coming together? You were part of a team last year that went through a lot of adversity and really came together and was a tight-knit bunch. Are you feeling the same way on this group? Definitely. You know, we had some great captains. You know, we had some great captains. And, like, you know, DC even said a speech outside, you know, in order for us to kind of stay together. You know, once we get on this plane, dialing. There's no clowning around. And that's what kind of guys you want. You know, that's the kind of leaders you want. So, yeah, I think this is a very, very tight-knit group. Is it okay sometimes to have a road game where you, you know, can get away from everyone else and just focus on you and the team? Uh, I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty with it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of fifty fifty with <laughs> it. If they, yeah, yeah, if they, if they, if they, I mean, of course, it's always great playing home. But right. at the end of the day, it's still football. You know, so playing home all yeah, way. At the end of the day, we gotta get we gotta get the job done. There's a Meek Robinson, man. I'll tell you what. I love talking to Meek Robinson, man, just because the the looks on his face, and obviously you can't see the look on his face through the radio, but. I mean, when I was talking about being on the road, he had his eyes got big, and he's like, "Well, I like to be in at home." You know, it's just—it was so funny the way he said it and the look he gave me, like he was gonna crack a joke. I always feel like he's gonna crack a joke, but uh, I, I also like what he said about dialing in. When you get on that plane, no, uh, no clowning around. Dial in, focus in on the job at ta- at hand. And and you know, it's funny when we used to travel for games. Regardless of what game I was playing, if it was football, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be, you got to a certain point on that bus ride where it's like the coach would come around and say, all right, all right, focus in. Let's get get your mind right. Get your mind right, Q. Now stop, stop clowning, Q. Get your mind right. Let's focus in on the game. And that's what I feel like that they were doing when he said, hey, D.C. said, when we get on this plane, get our minds right. Get focused at the task at hand. And, and I could appreciate that, right? It, it's so funny. Uh, I've mentioned many times that I didn't play football till I got old, right? I got old and played in this league, and I played corner, and I got burned one day. It was pretty bad. Uh, I had no business being out there. But in that game, we were on the bus. We were, play, we were getting ready to play in San Francisco. We were getting to play against the Pacific Islanders. Those were some big boys, too. And I'm sure, DeMond, you can imagine their name is the Pacific Islanders. So you can imagine how big they really were. They were some big cats. But we were on that bus, man. And we hit that corner in, in San Fran, and all of a sudden, coach said, all right, get your mind right, because everyone's, yabbity, 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 yabbity. everyone's having a good time, clowning, talking about going out later, homegirl this, homegirl that. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, coach's voice, like, rained down, like, like he was narrating a story. All right, get your mind right. It's time to get your mind right. And all of a sudden, the bus just got quiet. Now, we still got our ass kicked, but, <laughs> but we got our mind right before the game. <laughs> 
we were focused. We just didn't execute right because we were playing the Pacific Islanders. Did the execution even matter? I mean, it did to a certain extent, but all of a sudden, I think we were close until, you know, for the first three quarters. Then the fourth quarter, they pulled away. And, and then I was – I did get beat on a, on a really bad play in that game. I thought I was going to cheat, and I was going to come up with a big interception because I didn't have anybody on my side, right? So, and the rule is, if, you ain't, if you're, you're playing corner on the outside and there's nobody out there, something's coming your way, right? So you got to stay out there in your, in your zone, in your area. If there ain't nothing out, there's something from in coming out. Something in's always going to come out, and something out usually is going in. So I said, man, I was out there on that corner. The play was developing near the end zone, and I'm like, man, I know this is going to the middle of the field. So I stepped I took two steps towards the middle of the field because I knew it was going to go to the back of the end zone in, in, in the middle of the field by the goalpost. And as soon as I took those two steps, all of a sudden they pop out to the corner of the end zone right where I should have been, and I got beat. Mm. You know how they say I have a short memory? I clearly don't because I still remember that play <laughs> like it happened yesterday. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Meek Robinson talking about getting his mind right, and I do enjoy talking to a meek in the Raiders locker room. 433 is the time. When we come back, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll join the show to let you know about the money lines, how you can win some money this upcoming week- weekend, including with this Raider Titans game. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look at the lines that can help win you some money with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Brought to you by Joe's Stone Crab, located inside the Caesars Forum Shops, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joins us now on the phone lines to talk all things college football, talk some NFL, look at the lines, see how you can win some money this weekend. Lee, we definitely appreciate you. Week three is officially underway. Cleveland comes out with a big victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football. And I'll say this, man, Jacoby Brissett, don't sleep on Jacoby Brissett. He looked pretty good. What would you think about that week three performance for the Cleveland Browns? Shocked. Um, He and Joe Flacco, I thought were on their last legs literally. And uh, he played well. Just you got to put some pressure on the guy. You got to make him move a little bit. So uh, give Cleveland, you know, props. Uh, did what they had to do. They moved to two and one. They should be three and zero. Oh. Yeah. If they can buy time, they get a winning record. Uh, when Sean Watson comes back, look out. They're going to be a, a team to be reckoned with. So they got to stay healthy. But uh, you know, Pittsburgh, I think is. is <laughs> I, I think they should have gone full rebuild, but. Um, We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, it's getting close, I think, to picket time. I really do. I don't know if he's yep. going to be the answer, but it feels like it's getting close to picket time, and Jacoby Brissett is trying to make the Browns at least have uh, a, a couple things, a th- couple thoughts when uh, when Deshaun Watson comes back. Like, hey, I'm not so you, bad. You know who I thought, you know, I thought, you know the, the key defining play of the game, Deontay Johnson. Yes. He drops that bomb. Yep. So I think he's overpaid. I never would have paid the kind of money they paid for that three-year contract. Uh, I think a year from now they're going to be thinking, how do we get out of this? Right, exactly. So there yeah. you go. Week three is officially underway in the NFL, and, of course, we'll talk about it here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Again, we have Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com on the phone with us right now to break down these games. And we got a college game, a couple college games, and a couple NFL games that we'll take a look at. First of all, Lee, uh, a team that's near and dear to our hearts, the UNLV Rebels. They're 2-1 on the season going up against Utah State as they get conference play underway. Uh, Utah State is one and two, and UNLV, as I mentioned, is two and one. Uh, right now, looking at the line, the Rebels minus two and a half versus Utah State. Thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, um, the Rebs already uh, are over their win total from last year. Now they get to try to take some revenge on uh, a, a game that they lost in the last minute. Uh, Utah State, their passing attack, I mean, really has gone <laughs> uh, way down. They are now 115th out of 131 teams here in passing the football. Luke Bonner, he averaged over 8.4 yards per attempt last year, down to 6.4. Um, this is a team, you know, everything went right. Much of their uh, success last year, uh, now you, you can figure it out here. This had a lot of breaks here, uh, whereas UNLV, Doug Brumfeld, uh, you know, he, his kid's doing it all, running and throwing the football. His offense gained over 600 yards versus North Texas here in the opener. I think they keep rolling here. I like UNLV. I think they win big here. 45-31. Boom, there it is, and the Rebels yep. will be halfway to bowl eligibility. They come away with that victory, and honestly, they could have won that game against Cal. They could be sitting there at 3-0. and yep. They got they got things rolling. Marcus Arroyo has things rolling right now with UNLV, so there you go. That starts us off today. Uh, UNLV rolling past Utah State. One more college game. How about USC? The fighting Lincoln Rileys going up against Oregon State. <laughs> Both teams 3-0 and on the season, Lee. Something's got to give right now. USC minus 6.5 versus Oregon State. Break this one down for us. So I thought USC got a break last week when Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner went down. Yeah. Um, Oregon State can play ball control, e-clock, and is one of the best red zone offenses in the country here. Um, run the football. They've run for at least 178 rushing yards all three games. Now all of a sudden USC, some injuries starting to pop up on the defensive side of the football. Amazingly, they haven't turned the ball over in three games. You know they're going to flash – uh, that stat up, and then they'll have a fumble or an interception. Right. Always happens. And this is where Oregon State plays their best football, 15-6 and six as an underdog. I really like Chance Nolan, not an NFL quarterback, but he's a dual-threat quarterback. And then you add in ex-South Carolina running back Deshaun Fenwick. He's averaging almost 5.5 yards to carry here. Uh, I, I'm calling for the upset here. I think Oregon State beats USC 31-30. Whoa, yep. man, they'll be talking, they'll be talking, they'll be talking about that one. But, it, hey, look, that looks like a heck of a game anyway. Again, two 3-0 and teams, uh, the first big test for the Trojans coming up against Oregon State, as you mentioned, could really play some good balls. So that's going to be a fun one to pay attention to this weekend. Again, we're talking with Lee Sterling here from ParamountSports.com on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Lee, let's turn our attention to the NFL real quick. How about the Buffalo Bills. They've done it twice on the big stage, and man, they've came out smelling like roses up against the Miami Dolphins. The Cardiac Kids had a hell of a comeback a week ago against the Baltimore Ravens. Right now, the Bills are minus five and a half versus the Dolphins. Break this one down for us. So as a Dolphins fan, I've always said, hey, if you're not going to be great, at least be exciting. And the Dolphins were exciting last week. I mean, everyone in Miami, it was the buzz. I mean, to come back from 35-7, Two with throws for almost 500 yards, uh, hitting his receivers long. But they did it against a really banged-up Baltimore secondary. I mean, it, it looked like their cornerbacks and safeties taking chances. Uh, looked like they were stuck in quicksand. They looked just slow. Uh, when you have injuries, you got to play some backups and you're some, some third stringers. Those kind of things happen. Now – they got to face off against, I think, maybe the best defense in the NFL. The front seven for Buffalo, very underrated, stuffing the run and also getting after the quarterback. they got pass rushers galore. And how do you stop big plays? 
Well, you stop it with big-time safeties. I think they have the best one-two combination of safety, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. So I think they're going to limit Miami, make them work the way down the field here. And Josh Allen, boy, does he look good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he might be the best quarterback in the NFL. He and Patrick yep. Mahomes, I think the right team's favorite. Hate to say it. I like Buffalo, 34-24. And how could you not, right? How could you not like Buffalo no. the way that they're playing so far? Again, man, they're just – they're showing everyone why the uh, all the hype was about them in the offseason, that they were going to be the favorites and Josh Allen could be the MVP. Right now through two games, they're living up to it, and I believe they'll do the same thing, live up to it again versus Miami. But Miami's looking pretty good as well. So there you go, Buffalo, Miami. Again, Buffalo minus five and a half. This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking to our guy, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. And, Lee, as we close – things out we got to talk about the Raiders they're on the road to Tennessee taking on Titans in Nashville and uh, look man we had them last week they were a five and a half point favors over the Cardinals and they were cruising they were rolling they were up 20 at halftime and then they had an epic collapse so we were on the right side of things until we weren't and sometimes that's how it goes but Lee the Raiders 0-2 the Titans 0-2 right now on the road the Raiders two and a half point favorites over Tennessee break this one down make this one make sense for me yeah they scored first four possessions in the first half, two touchdowns, two field goals. Uh, I almost felt like turning the game off, but unfortunately I kept it on here. Vegas 0-2 for the first time since 2018. Devontae Adams was held to only two catches for 12 yards after 10 in the first week here. So I think they got to push the ball down the field here, and uh, I think it might come down to coaching here. Mike Rabel, Sometimes it's easier to lose a game like that, which you were really probably never in. I mean, I mean, we saw what happened. Buffalo took the starter out after yep. the third quarter. So I, I think Tennessee will be ready to go here. They always seem to bounce back with Vrabel. So Josh McDaniels, this might be his biggest test here. He's got to win this game here. I still think they've got protection and red zone problems here. Derek Carr just checking the ball down, throwing short too often here, and they're also traveling east. It's going to feel like a 10 a.m. start here. Hate to say it. I like Tennessee. 24-21. Oh, there it is. A close one right there that Tennessee is going to eke out, according to Lee Sterling, and that would drop the Raiders to 0-3. And I'll tell you, Lee, in the AFC West, 0-3 is way worse than 0-3 in the AFC South. <laughs> right? right. I mean, that's a that's a bad situation. So, uh, right now... Well, they, remember this. Kansas City started really poorly last year right. and won the division. So... You know, every team has some question marks, uh, but like I said, yeah, you, you realize this is a big win. they got to yep. win this game. Yeah, they really do. So we'll see what happens. And like you said, a 10 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast. It's an early kick for this Raiders team traveling east. So uh, there you go. Uh, Raiders minus two and a half versus the Titans. Lee has the Titans pulling this one out in a close one. So there you go. Great stuff, Lee, as always. We always appreciate you, my man. If uh, anyone wants to reach out to you, get some more information from you, what do they need to do? Well, we've got a super special. We went eight and three last week, six and three the week before. They want to hop on board. Normally three ninety seven for a month. I'm not in a good mood. I'm not going to add one week to it. I'm going to add two weeks. Six weeks through October thirty first. This is a scary. Get the pun. Scary good deal. <laughs> three ninety seven for six weeks of my executive phone service, where we rate the games from ten to fifty units. No one hotter. Five out of six winning weeks since the start of the preseason. Just one place. Go to ParamountSports.com. Boom. There it is right there. Love it, Lee. Love it, love it, love it. Great stuff as always, my man. Love the breakdowns both in college and in the NFL. We definitely appreciate you. Again, that's Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Lee, have a fantastic weekend, my man. Enjoy the games. We'll talk next week. You too. Thanks, Q. 
There he goes, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Not a lot of energy in my voice when I hear him say that the Tennessee Titans are going to squeak that one out 24-21. You know, uh, I'm hoping that he's wrong. <laughs> I really am. Uh, you know, he was on the right side of things for the Raiders last week. Had the Raiders beaten the Cardinals and beaten them pretty easily, and they were doing that until they weren't. So uh, anything could happen, obviously, it's just a projection. But, uh, man, oh, man, if the Raiders drop to 0-3, that would be all bad. Because as I told Lee, I feel like the Raiders at 0-3 in the AFC West is way worse than the Titans at 0-3 in the AFC South. They have so many issues on the offensive line. I feel like this is a game Crosby and Chandler Jones can get off in. But, of course, they've got to go and make it happen. Derek Carr's got to show – uh, what he's worth. I mean, all these guys that they got their contract extensions outside of Hunter Renfro, who obviously won't be playing, have to go out there, man, and show what they're worth. You know, go make that money. Don't let that money make them. They've got to ha handle their business coming up on Sunday. So it's going to be interesting. Many thanks to Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Joins us every single Friday at this time. And so I don't know, uh, Damon, I, I sent in an uh, 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 email and I'm hoping that it comes through, but uh, th remembering that uh, Joe's Joe's is the one that uh, that sponsors uh, Lee's Lee's segment with us, and also sponsors Q's kickoff. I'm trying to make that happen, where I take the wife and daughter to that spot and eat tonight for dinner. But I know it's a Friday night, it's Vegas, and it's not very easy to get in. So uh, I'm not trying to get uh, a meal on the cheap. I'm just trying to get in the building, right? Just give me a table. That's all I'm asking for. So I'm gonna see if I can make that happen, but. Are you trying to will this through the air? Like maybe they're listening? No, no, uh -oh. no, no. I, I, I sent the email already, oh. so I, I'm oh. just I was just passing that information along to you because you know that's what we do. We have conversations, so I'm just. Oh no, you said it. And I was like, oh, oh, is Q about to? You know, they gonna hear it and be like, Q, we heard you on the air right this way, sir. I mean, now if that works too, I'll take it. But I, I can't guarantee that. But yeah, man, I, I sent the. I was just thinking out loud, really, because as I'm starting to get a little hungry. <laughs> you did mention that during the break. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting a little hungry, man. I'm just that's, that's what happens. It's Friday. It's been a long week. It's been a busy week. It's been a fantastic week. Had some great guests, and I, I don't know about you, Damon, but the quality guests that we have on this show each and every week is fantastic. Damn near second to none. And that's not a shot at anyone else. I'm just saying it's damn near second to none. I mean, we put a lot of effort and a lot of work into who we have on this, uh, these very airwaves, uh, bringing you the heat each and every week, and, and I'm very proud of the job that we've been doing. Want to hit a couple texts before we uh, sign off for the week uh, at 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Raider Sean said, once you get to the end zone, throw it to Devontae. Find a way. Wide receiver screen, end around, quick slant, something. Get him cooking. And, you know, that's what they did against the Cardinals, right? Got him the ball, uh, got him in the end zone early. He went up with the, the fake that he was going to dunk it over the, the goalpost, and luckily he didn't. Uh, you know, that would have been a penalty. But, yeah, I mean, found a way to get him the ball real quick. And that's the thing about Devontae Adams. You get down there by the goal line, you damn near could give it to him every time. You know, I mean, he's just that stinking good. He's on pace for 17 touchdowns this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with, you know, 15, 16 touchdowns, no doubt, this season. Because, again, you get him near the goal goal line, get him in the red zone, he should be a guy that, as I say, when you get near – when you get around inside the three, I think you should run it. I, I really do. I believe that inside the three you should probably run it at least two times in a row and then maybe throw it on third down. I just think that the, the chances of you – pushing it in with the running back on the first couple downs is very good. But when you get inside the red zone, anywhere from the 10 in, I would have no problem if you threw it to Devontae Adams because he's that good, right? So, I mean, it's like I have two plays. I'm, I'm, it's almost like Madden where you have like four, 
four boxes and you got to choose one or three boxes, whatever it was, I forget. Two of them are running plays and one is Devontae Adams uh, in, in, in the red zone. And, and really, like I said, I'm not even running the ball unless I'm within like the, the three-yard line into the goal. I mean, it's like if I'm inside the three, I'm running it. But if I'm 10-yard in, I'm throwing Devontae. I'm looking for 17, and that's just what it is. Both Simple. of his touchdowns this year, that's exactly what they've been. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm with you, Raider Sean. I think that you have to find a way to get the ball to Devontae Adams uh, as early as you can and, and as much as possible because he's the guy that's proven he can get it done. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray chimed in and said, Q&D, happy Friday, gentlemen. I got my red polo T-shirt on for some good reasoning. One, I feel a Raider victory in Tennessee by the score of 34-17 with Derek Carr going off for 335-plus yards. Pay close attention to Hobbs. He'll come up with a few deflections and a pick. Lock it up. Key to the game, finish drives with touchdowns. Second, I'm making my way into Vegas later tonight for a bachelor party. It's about to go down this weekend, gentlemen. I'm hoping to see both you and Damon at the M Resort or somewhere on the Strip for drinks. As always, I appreciate, I appreciate both of your hard work here on the 920 AM Airways. Let's go Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, I'm with that too. You know, I'm with that. If Derek Carr sh- uh, shows up and has a big monster game, that's okay. He's won three times in Tennessee. He's 3-1 and one against the Titans. The one loss was in Oakland. So Derek Carr is very successful in Tennessee against the Titans. So uh, hopefully he has a big game like that. I'll tell you what, his spirits were very high in the locker room earlier today. We saw him, him and Devontae Adams both were laughing and, and joking, and you could tell that they just they had their mind right. I don't know what the uh, – you know, what the week of practice was like, but it seemed like they were very much clear from what happened on Sunday with the Cardinals, and they were just ready to look look forward and push ahead to this game on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. So that seemed, you know, seemed like that was all all good. Um, let's see. You got another text. Uh, Jordan in Southern Utah. The key to the game is the defensive interior. There wasn't much push to speak of last week, and they're going to need to step up going forward to help Max and Chandler create pressure. Controlling the line of scrimmage against a freak of nature like Derrick Henry is huge. You know, I almost talked to Andrew Billings, who is playing that defensive tackle position as well. Uh, I just didn't get a chance to catch up to him. He, he went to the shower before I got a chance to catch up, and then the locker room closed up, and I had to get back to the house to do the show. But... Uh, I, I wanted to ask him about that, you know, trying to slow down Derrick Henry. Uh, you're right, the interior part of the defensive line is going to be massive. Really, the interior of both lines, offensive line and defensive line. Offensive line, you have Jeffrey Simmons coming at you, full steam ahead. He's not Aaron Don- Donald, but he's damn near. So that's going to be a big key. And then also the defensive line, the interior, you're going to need to get some push because you have Derrick Henry coming at you, full steam ahead. So both interiors of the lines are really going to get pushed this year and one more text can we say it's a good team when they haven't proved it yet i mean you have to win to be good right right now we're just a nomdi led philly eagles until proven otherwise i think this team is good they just got to go out there and prove it like you said they've got good players they got a lot of talent and they've got a good coach we'll talk to you from the m resort on sunday evening post game show it's radio nation radio 920